Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. today's episode because I am going to introduce you to someone who, if you've never heard of before, you are going to be so glad to meet. And if you have heard from her before, you are in for a treat because we are going to be talking about all the things we need to know about avoiding awkwardness on a first date because how do you not have an awkward first date? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my friend Stephanie. Steph, can you just share a little bit about you, what you do, and what you're passionate about? Oh my gosh. Yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Jordan. I love getting to be here with you. Um, So my name is Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm an author, a podcaster, and a speaker. And I help 20 and 30-something women navigate their most important relationships. Mm. So that's our relationships with God, with our friends, with our significant others, with ourself, with our calling and our work. Um, And I love this because when those things are going well in our lives, they're like the sweetest, best parts of our lives. But Mm -hmm. also, it's more than that, because I think that when we're in Um, healthy relationships, it allows us to be the very best versions of ourselves and do the things that we're meant to do in the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we can see that so clearly in the opposite way. Like when we're in unhealthy relationships, that's when we hide or feel like we need to perform or keep ourselves small. And we're just not able to really show up as our best selves and like Mm -hmm. really make the difference in the world that God created us to make. Um, And so that's why I'm just a huge fan of relationships and doing them well and figuring out how to do them well together um, because life is just so much better and easier and more fun when we're in it together. So I love it. I love it. It's great. You are a rock star and really do offer. I think what's so fun is getting to see how you get to bring such relatable um, advice and stories to the table, but then offer such practical takeaways. And I think when you can hit that sweet spot, it's really serves people well. And it's, I think you really serve your girls so well. So I'm excited to have you serve my girls. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, So today, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about really how to not have awkward first dates or how to help prepare for first dates so that they don't feel so uncomfortable because sometimes they can. And even if they're not a first date, sometimes it just can be hard, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I feel like dating even so I've been married for for a couple years now Mm -hmm. and even the process of the thought of dating gives me butterflies and like sweaty hands you know (laughs) like truly it was funny I so my husband and I went out to dinner um and it wasn't even really a date it was just like 
we're just at dinner hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, and he went to pay for the bill with our mutual credit card <laughs> that literally has both of our money in it. And I had this sick feeling in my stomach where I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, are you sure I can split it with you? I, I immediately like <laughs> felt guilty that he was paying for me and like, what should, what, how do I handle this? And I had to stop and go, wow, dating flashback. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, that's your money too. <laughs> Whatever. But like, it's, I feel like, even today, I can remember so clearly how uncomfortable I felt on dates. And uh, so I'm yes. so glad we're talking about this. Yes. And I think I love that. I just can't wait for everyone to hear what you have to say. So, But I think before we even give advice, I think it's helpful to share maybe some of our own awkward experiences with dating because yes. I don't know how you can give advice without having first experienced something to some degree. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think advice isn't as good from someone where they're like, I'm the best dater ever. Then everyone's like, okay, I can't relate to you. Yeah, so please go away. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, great. Good for you, but I need some help. Yes. So, no, we're fellow help needers. Yes, exactly. Help needers. I love it. Okay, well, do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll I go first date stories. You go first, Jordan. Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to actually share. Uh, I don't know if the whole entire date was awkward. I mean, it probably wasn't the best thing in the world, obviously, but... I obviously didn't marry that person. (laughs) Somewhere along Um, the line, it fell off the rails. Yes, very shortly after this date. But um, I want to actually talk about what I wore on this date because I made quite the interesting outfit choice. Mm. Um, I believe there was, I think it was, I can't remember the context or exactly when it was. It was a while ago. But I remember my outfit because there was a picture taken. And I believe there was like a dance after the dinner, some sort of event that we were going to that I needed to dress up for. But regardless, my choice of dress was a very, very, very tight, quite short, and strapless, metallic blue, like, ruffle dress. I, I honestly mm-hmm. don't really know how to describe mm-hmm. it. And I remember I felt like I needed to look really skinny in it, and I had to, like, I literally couldn't breathe. I don't even think it would zip up very easily. Like, and you can't eat in that circumstance. No. You're like, suck it in. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So I have this photo, and I look back at this, and I'm like, what was I wearing? Because I, it was clearly a try-hard move. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, you wore that because it was cute, and you were, like, comfortable and confident in it. You wore that because you were trying super hard to impress, and that clearly wasn't you being true to yourself. And so, kid you not, the whole time, I, yeah, couldn't eat, could mm-hmm. hardly breathe. I kept feeling like I had to, like, pull this dress skirt thing down all the time and then pull up the top because... There was no straps, which nothing wrong with strapless, but when it was that tight of a dress, it just did not do me any favors. And like danger. It was danger zone. I, yeah, there could have been some things that went really wrong had I not been on my guard. So <laughs> I spent more time, like, pulling the top up and shimmying the bottom down than actually engaging in conversation and enjoying a meal and feeling comfortable. And then I had, like, these little rhinestone shoes on, too, like, little teeny tiny heels, like the skinny ones. Not like a, a, a wedge. Wedges are safe. But this kind of heel was like the teeny tiny little stiletto heel. Mm -hmm. And there were sparkles all over it. And I was just like, I feel like a disco ball. (laughs) A really like sucked in disco ball. Teetery also, like kind of Bambi legs. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And it was also February, I think. So naturally. Yeah. And yeah, and had no sleeves or anything. So I was cold and pulling dress options in both directions. Yeah. So I was. 100% completely uncomfortable the whole time, which made for quite the awkward conversation, most enjoyable evening. And I think there were some other couples with us, too, from what I remember. It was, like, around an event. This was just, like, this was my date for an event. So it wasn't like I'm going on a date because I want to marry you, but it was going, like, well, I still want to look good and be impressive and be cute and be as pretty as all these other girls at this going to this event. And, yeah, it was a royal fail. It was a royal fail. (laughs) 
Ugh. But you know what? We've moved on. We've recovered. <laughs> yes, been there. Been there. That yeah. dress was retired. <laughs> yes, that dress has been recycled. I'm sure someone who fits into it much better than I did now owns that dress. Oh my and gosh. I hope they enjoy it. God bless you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, okay, so my dating embarrassing story, um, you know, there was like a long list of ones I could pick from, but this one I think is absolutely the most embarrassed I felt on a date. So um, my freshman year of college, I got a chance to go on a couple dates or like, I mean, he was my boyfriend for just a really short time. Hmm. Um, One of the cutest lacrosse players from my high school. Hmm. And in high school, it's not like I had this like total princess diaries moment between high school and college. Like I was still the same person, but I just feel like maybe I had a little more confidence in college. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, we're out of the high school realm now. So maybe I can talk to you. So I got to go on, like I got to date this guy that in high school I would have been like starstruck over. (laughs) And um, so we're going on some dates, you know, we're starting to date. I think he was like newly my boyfriend, but I mean, no, I don't actually, he definitely wasn't yet. (laughs) So it was one of our first dates and he asked me if I would go to the mall to help him pick out a gift for his mom. Hmm. And I was so excited about that because I felt like that was the most girlfriendy thing to do. And I'm like, I'm in. But the whole time I'm still trying to (laughs) like, yes, I will help you with the mom gift. Oh yeah. I can totally help (laughs) you. Like, and then then I'll meet her too or whatever. I don't know. Um, so I'm, but the whole time I'm trying to really be impressive because, um, I wanted to like, I don't know. I felt like I was kind of out of my league. And I mean, I don't know if that was true, but whatever. I just was so nervous around him. So I'm trying to be like my funniest, most charming self. Mm -hmm. So we get to the mall and we're walking up to the doors and I'm about to open the door and I'm like maybe four feet from the door. I'm ahead of him. So it's like my job, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm reaching for it. But before I did, I decided to turn around and say something like, funny and charming, or at least I was trying. (laughs) And so I said something funny and charming, turned back around, and I turned back around right in time to meet the side of the door with my face. (gasps) Because it turns out I didn't have to open the door. It was an automatic door. And it had been opening the whole time that I was turning around saying this like funny, charming thing to him. And like the door was perfectly positioned so that the very side of it smacked me in the nose. And I mean, like, I'm so shocked I didn't knock myself out. Um, and, And of course, I'm so embarrassed because it was like the klutziest thing ever. And so I immediately tried to play it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was, I didn't even hurt. No, I'm fine. Let's move on. The well, problem meanwhile, is, your nose is bleeding. Right. Okay, it didn't <laughs> bleed, but I have the most, this is, like, a random fact nobody needs, but I have the most sensitive skin in the world. Really? So if I get, yeah, if I get, like, a scratch or something, my skin welts. And it looks scarier than it is. It just goes back. It's huh. fine. But because I had, like, trauma to my face, <laughs> my whole, my face, like, <laughs> swelled up and stayed swollen for, like, probably a half an hour. And so I'm trying to be like, ah, no, it's fine. I'm funny and charming. And he's like, are you okay? Like, you look terrible. <laughs> anyway, it didn't work out. That's not why, but it, it didn't work out. Oh, and I was my really goodness. embarrassed. You know what? That reminds me of a story. I had been, this is, this is one of those things where it's not necessarily an awkward first date, but it was definitely an awkward moment because I didn't realize that I was allergic to dogs, and I was early on in dating my now husband. So this one did work out. Yes. Praise the Lord. Sometimes swollen faces end in good things. But totally. <laughs> um, if anyone's seen Hitch, come on, it works out. Yeah, see, exactly. So, but I remember he had a roommate in college, and we hadn't been dating super long at that point. And his roommate had this dog that was, I think, a lab golden retriever mix. I mean, literally, like, a 120-pound dog, just hair mm-hmm. everywhere. And I hadn't been around anything but hypoallergenic dogs because my dog, my parents, my dogs, <laughs> my dogs had always had parents. No, my parents had always had dogs that were like poodle mixes or something. So mm-hmm. I didn't really know if I had an allergy. I just not spent a whole lot of time in a small space around a big hairy dog. And so um, we were in their small shoebox of an apartment and all of a sudden Matt looks over at me and he's like, 
are you okay? Because I had been sneezing and stuff, but I thought, oh, maybe I just have allergies. Like, are there like, you know, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm sick. My face had swollen up and looked like I got hit in the face with a baseball. Oh my god! Like, and it was starting to get kind of hard to breathe. <gasps> and he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I think I'm allergic to the dog. <laughs> Oh, and he goes, oh my gosh. And for up until that point, neither of us had really been sure I was allergic to dogs. I knew I was allergic to cats. So this is funny, just kind of a random tangent. This is totally unrelated to what we're talking about. But then that happened. And so we both realized, wow, I'm pretty severely allergic. Like I had to go get major Benadryl. We didn't know if I should go to like a clinic or something because yeah. my whole face was quite large. And um, recently or prior to what, uh, like, I think we had just gotten married or we were about to get married, you know, flash forward a couple years and he really wanted to get, um, what's that dog that's, um, it's not a golden retriever, it's a shepherd, um, German shepherd. Oh yeah, yeah. He really wanted to get a German shepherd and I knew that my face would swell up and I couldn't breathe. So I'm like, hun, I'm obviously super allergic to these dogs. And he goes, well, that's fine. You could just get shots. <laughs> oh. I was like. Okay, you know, so... Or we uh, could just not get the dog yeah. that makes my face swell. Oh, my yes. gosh. So, just kind of a funny story, and he was joking. We obviously don't have a dog that makes me swell up, but right. just funny. I've also had a swollen face. Oh, my gosh. Around the guy that I just started dating. Oh, my gosh. But we both lived to tell the tale. Yes, we did. We oh. did. Here we are. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm sure that we could probably tell stories all day long, as entertaining as they are, our embarrassing, awkward dates, but... Let's get into the good stuff. Let's kind of move into, I know you've come with some really awesome advice and some tips today. So what do you have to share with us? What are some tangible things and some tips that you have for a girl who might be sitting there and listening and just feeling a little intimidated by the dating scene or just frustrated by it or just feeling totally uncomfortable in her own skin? Oh my gosh. Well, the first thing I want to say is, girl, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, part of my job, I I mentioned that I talk to people about their romantic relationships and I love talking to women who are single and dating because I learned so much the hard way Mm -hmm. when I was single and dating. And so many of the things that I picked up along the way, I know that I wished someone had shared them with me when I was younger. I love that quote that says, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I love getting to talk about this because there are all these things I did wrong and then all these things I figured out and then all these things I didn't figure out, but someone taught me. Mm -hmm. And I just love getting to pass them along. And so the first thing is like, you're not alone. So many of us, I think even whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, no matter what your personality, I think dating is awkward for all of us. Um, And so the first thing I think is, you know, my first tip is to take off the pressure. Hmm. I think that we have this feeling like we should have everything figured out uh, before we go on a date or that we have to figure everything out during the first date. Right. You know, we hear couples say like, oh my gosh, we locked eyes and I just knew or like on our first date I knew. I think also part of it is that we don't want to waste time and we don't want to waste heartbreak. Mm. So it's like we want to know within the first date if this is our person or not, if we can trust them. It's almost like we want like a sign from heaven, like literally that says, Hey, this is your person. Because if we have that, then we don't have to get attached or get our heart broken or get rejected or whatever. Um, and so I think we just put a ton of pressure both on ourselves and on the date. Mm. And so I think that like, I mean, my very first tip is just take off some of the pressure. Dating is not, you don't have to figure it out all at once. You don't have to have all the answers before you go in. You don't need to know that this is your person before you say yes to a first date. Um, I know that with my husband, we Like, I had known him for maybe a month. We worked together. um, And I had no idea he was my husband. Not even a clue. I, for a while, I wasn't even sure if we'd be friends. But then I, you know, the more I got to know him, I I was intrigued by him. Hmm. And so when he asked me on a date, I thought, not, oh my gosh, this is the future father of my children. I thought, (laughs) uh... 
I'm interested to know a little bit more about you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I said yes. And so I actually, Jordan, I don't, I've never shared this. I teach a course called Love Your Single Life, and I've never shared this outside the course. So this Mm -hmm. is like a little sneak peek. Mm -hmm. Um, But I teach something called the Dating A to Z. And the thing that I've found is that when we can, when we as women can keep our, like, minds where our bodies are, Mm. when we can be really in the moment, it takes off so much of the pressure. And so when we're, when a guy asks us out or when we meet a guy, that's A. We assign every sort of bit of the dating process to somewhere on the alphabet. And there's, Mm. like, no specific way to do that. But if a guy asks you on a date, that's A. And at A, you get to decide if you want to say yes or if you want to say no. That's all the information you have and all the information you need. Mm. Then maybe the first date is B. At B, you don't need to know if he's the father of your children or if it's going to work out. You just need to know if you like him enough to go on another date, which is C. Mm. And I think that when we, you know, a lot of the problems we encounter when it comes to dating is we put too much pressure on the date or on the relationship and we crush it. Mm-hmm. We come to we come on too strong. We come on as like needy. We start to freak ourselves out as we go, oh my gosh, I like this guy, but is this my husband? I know I like, you know, freaked out about that a lot. Mm. It's, we, there are all these things that happen or, you know, we get really, att- we get P level attached to someone mm. that we've only even had one conversation with. Right. And so I think that when we can, you know, the thing that I tell this group of women that I lead is let A be A and let B be B. Mm. So it's like, if you're on a first date, treat it like a first date. You don't need any other information. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll you'll accumulate the information you need along the way. All you need to know at the very beginning is like, am I intrigued by this person? Do I want to get to know them a little bit better? And then at the end of the first date, do I want to go on a second one? Mm-hmm. And it's that's so like all you need to know. It's, it's so, so simple. Yeah, but we complicate I, it. <laughs> we do. And I think that we just like, as women, we have such big hearts, which I love that about us. And I think we can have pretty big imaginations, mm. which I also love about us. But I think it gets us in trouble when we meet a guy in the grocery store and we give him our number and we're all of a sudden picturing like our wedding. Right. Then when he never calls, we're like, but that was my husband. And you're like, no, no, no. Like yeah. let A be A. Just right. focus on A. Hmm. Um, we I don't love come, that. Like come on too strong or get our heart crushed unnecessarily. You know, it's just, that's been, that was so helpful for me. And of course I did it wrong forever before I finally figured that <laughs> I out. think we all have, but right. I love the simplicity of that. And I think something that stands out to me is that you use the word intrigued. Um, I think Really, if I can kind of take what you said and say, listeners, give yourself permission to be curious. I think we've lost the art of being curious a little bit in our culture because we can get information so instantaneously. Yep. Um, We can literally look up the answer to 98% of things. And so when the answer that you can't look up of, is this my person forever? Siri. (laughs) And Siri's like... I do not know. (laughs) Sorry, Jordan. I don't have that information. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's what can make us, that can only increase the problem. I think it can somewhat be our natural tendency anyways to want to know. But throw that in there and this, like, culture that gives you basically every answer you could ever want instantaneously. You know, you can really get answers to even the most oddball questions at the drop of a hat. So when it comes to something so deep and personal and intense that, or seemingly intense as dating someone and giving and investing your time and your energy and even your emotions a little bit, yeah, I, I think it makes sense that we want to jump to Z and we want to like fill in the whole you know answer sheet before we even get that opportunity to learn. And so be, I guess, give yourself permission to be curious and to learn mm-hmm. and allow yourself to be intrigued. You know, when I first met Matt, similar. I was intrigued. Um, and I think what I found interesting was when I first met him, I didn't have like, it wasn't like fireworks and, you know, signs pointing at him saying, this is it, this is it. And it wasn't like I had even really had butterflies and was like anxious. It was literally just this like calm. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. 
I kind of want to get to know him, you know? And I actually really kind of began to fall in love with more of his heart than all these external things of, like, certain things that he did or, like, what he looked like or how he fit the mold of what I expected my future husband to look like. In fact, he didn't fit the mold of what I had envisioned of my future husband anyway. I thought I was going to marry a brown-eyed guy, you know? So just these things that we can write in our head can hold us back from really being curious and our need to have all the answers right away can also make it somewhat difficult. I love that you said that. That's such a good point. Like we, I think that so often we're surprised by the person that we connect with. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we're finding that our our dating life is just falling flat. It's like we have this really strict set of guidelines of like, I will not go on a date unless he's 6'2 and blonde, which was my thing. Uh And like my husband's not 6'2 and he's not blonde. And if I would have done that, if Mm -hmm. I would have like completely excluded everybody and not given other guys a chance, I never would have dated any of the great guys that I dated. Mm -hmm. It's like we have to allow ourselves to try new things, to like think outside the box a little bit, to Mm -hmm. date outside the box Mm -hmm. a little bit because at worst – you have a funny story that you can share on a podcast. Yeah, and a free meal. <laughs> and a free meal. Oh, my gosh, yes. And at best, or I mean, you you met, met a person, you had some practice. Um, we'll get to that at the end. But, but I mean, at best, like, you meet someone that's amazing and you never would have considered before. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, we need to lift off the pressure and the criteria a little bit and just, yeah, let ourselves be curious. Be curious yeah. And go on a first date. I love it. See how it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. What else do you have for us? I'm learning. I wish, even though I'm not dating anymore, I'm still dating my husband. I think you never stop dating. So yeah. Teach me. (laughs) Teach me. Teach me, Sensei. Um, Okay. So the second thing is to come prepared. This is something that helped me a ton throughout the years, and it's something I did wrong again forever, Mm -hmm. and then something I really learned. I think that um, one of the most awkward things for me about dating, and whether this is online dating, whether this is like your friend connects her with or connects you with her cousin and you guys are texting, mm-hmm. whether it's like a first date in person, is you guys start chatting, you say hey, he says hey. He asks maybe a small talk question, you ask a small talk question. And then what? Mm-hmm. Somehow you're supposed to get to know this stranger. You're supposed to spend a whole dinner with them and keep up a conversation with someone you know nothing about. You are supposed to find out if this is your person, which again, you have time, but you're still <laughs> trying to find out like more about right. them. And right. you're trying to be like cute and attractive and charm them and make them want to ask you out again mm-hmm. all at the same time and no wonder the whole thing feels terrible. Right. Um right. and so the thing the tip that I really learned along the way was to come prepared with a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that this helps because as we're in a conversation sometimes there's a lull and there's an awkward silence and that's when I know for me even though I feel like I'm a pretty decent conversationalist mm-hmm. I still would panic and I would be like oh my gosh what do we talk about and I would start feeling more and more awkward. But having a couple questions in my back pocket felt like a conversational bridge. Hmm. It would get me from when I felt panicked, it would give me something to say that would then toss him the ball and then he could start talking hmm. and it would invite him to tell us, like, to talk about himself. And then I could regain my composure, take a deep breath. And it's so much easier to weigh in on so- on a story that someone tells or mm-hmm. like, oh, this story you told reminded me of this. Um, also, people feel really good when they talk about themselves. Like, so true. It is, it's a... Like a psychological thing. We feel good when we talk about ourselves. So that's, you're doing so many things. You're putting him at ease. You're giving yourself a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, making him feel good because you care about hearing about his life. You're making the conversation go so much better. And so um, coming prepared with a couple questions in your back pocket is so helpful. And the, the things about the questions, or the thing about the questions is that they need to be open-ended and invite him to tell a story. Okay. So if you good. say like, where did you go to college? And he's like, you know, Nebraska. You're like, okay, now you need another question. Right. But if you say, like, you know, where did you go to school and how did you pick it? Okay, 
well, now he's going to tell a story. Then you can tell a story of how you, where you went to school and how you chose it. Or mm. what do you do for a living? How did you get into that? Well, that's mm. a huge story and something that will really tell you about this person. And then you can go next once mm-hmm. you feel a little bit more calm. But that's the thing. Like, come prepared. Have a couple questions in your back pocket. Practice them ahead of time. And it will get you through so many awkward moments. And just make the date go so much smoother. And that even just piggybacks off this be curious. Because if you're just asking the questions that are question, answer, question, answer, all you're doing is playing 20 questions. Mm -hmm. The point of asking questions is to create conversation. So if you invite someone else to tell a story, he might not be the greatest storyteller. But again, I love the idea of just bridging the gap because there I've been on dates and I've been in situations where even just in normal conversations, forget about dating, just where there would be a great conversation or a great topic we're talking about. And then that topic kind of dies. And then we kind of look at each other like, so... Now what? Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of have to come up with something. And so if you're already prepared, how much – that actually takes the pressure off. Preparation takes the pressure off. Totally. I love it. Yes. Um, Okay, so my third one is – and I hope I can explain this well because – this analogy just popped into my head. So if we just, if it makes no sense, Jordan, just tell me. <laughs> um, okay. So this, the third thing is to eat before you arrive. Hmm. So this is practical in one way where if you are, uh, have a tendency towards like hanger, mm-hmm. uh, which like I think, me. yeah, me too. <laughs> like all of us do. Um, or if you aren't sure if you're going to eat for a while or if you get lightheaded or if you aren't sure if you're a vegetarian and don't know if you're going to be able to eat whatever you eat at dinner, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think just having like a cliff bar before you go, super good idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's just like a practical tip. I will say on that note, though, that doesn't mean you can't eat at dinner because if you are with a guy who only will like you if you eat a salad, unless you want a salad, if you want a salad, get a salad. But if you are with a guy who's going to like think you're weird if you eat a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. pick a different guy. Yeah. You want a guy yeah. who's like cool with you eating a cheeseburger. Yeah, for sure. Um, but on a deeper level, the reason I started thinking about this is because I don't know if you've ever gone to the grocery store when you're hungry. It's a disaster, right? Oh, 100%. I end up just like snacking on candy as I'm, yeah, I like open what's in my car. Yeah. Like you end up getting things where you're like, why did I buy this? Like, mm-hmm. this isn't nutritious for me. You eat, you get like Twinkies, which yeah. are like not even food. You did know? you know, I, this is a random fact. Do you love Twinkies? No. Oh. But, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, mean, I haven't had them for a while. But I was talking with someone not too long ago, and they said, did you know that if an atomic bomb went off, the Twinkie would survive? That is so disgusting. Isn't that horrible? I was, yeah. Or a nuclear bomb or something, and I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. What? Oh, my gosh. You guys, we cannot so. eat Twinkies. Public public service announcement. No more Twinkies. Yeah. But, like, truly, that's what happens when you go into the grocery store, and you're, like, so starved for nutrition and starved mm-hmm. for good things in your body. You reach for things that aren't good for you. You shove them in your mouth. You don't even taste them. Like, you just don't make the best decisions. So true. And I find that this is true when it comes to singleness and dating, too, because I think that we... Um, you know, when we go into a date, like I said, we can put too much pressure on it. So we're looking at this guy thinking, I'm sick of being single. My friends are all married. I just want to find someone. I want to, like, I feel like my life is on hold. I want to start, you know, living life. I want to be able to connect my life with someone. And I think that when we, our lives don't feel full, then we go into a date starving and we're, we end up nourishing ourselves with things that aren't going to nourish. So mm-hmm. when we don't have a full life when we don't have people in our corner, relationships that are solid, a solid understanding of who we are, mm-hmm. um, a life that we love. We go into a date wanting that person to fix us, mm-hmm. and that person's never going to be able to fix us. Yeah, um, it's like going to the grocery store hungry, and they're a Twinkie, or right. 
you date a guy who like is not good for you at all, but you're so malnourished in your life that you don't even notice. Like right. you're you're so hangry, you can't even tell that this guy right. is like terrible for you. Yeah. Um, that's like what leads to I think desperation and then settling. And I always have a really I always think it's an interesting dialogue on this idea of settling, which is not necessarily the topic of conversation, but I think it's important to touch on because I think even this idea of don't settle, don't settle, don't settle can also create a pressure like. There's no perfect human being. No. <laughs> so, no. And also please realize that they're, like, you're not a perfect human being. And I always right. had to remind myself of that. Like, don't settle for someone who mistreats you right. or who disrespects you or who's just flat out mean to you. But also realize that, like, there are some negotiable things. Like, maybe he's just not as patient or maybe he's just late to stuff. Or, like, there's going to be little flaws, yeah. you know. And, like, so I just think always have a very realistic perspective when you hear that. Like, he's going to have his list of mistakes and flaws and just like you do and things yeah. that he's working through and struggling through. So long as that they're not in the non-negotiable category, like, he doesn't hurt people or you know like just you know have standards but also I always whenever I talk about dating I always try to remind like to settle down there's an element of like you have to settle down you have to let go of your pride and like you're not on a pedestal so don't put the pressure on not only yourself but also the guy to be perfect because that will create an awkward tension because he will feel that Yes. And like, you're never going to find anybody because no one is perfect. So Mm -hmm. I think it's exactly what you said. It's really important to figure out what your non-negotiables are Mm -hmm. and like having a list of like five or Mm -hmm. something where it's like, no, if this person doesn't have these things or has these things, like I'm not interested. It's not worth it. Right. If Um, we could not harmoniously raise a family, like even though, again, you're not going to the first date with oh my gosh, or going into the second date with, I have to marry this person. But you don't want to go on date three, four, and five and continue to pursue if you're like, I know that this this is just not going to work because we have such different values in this important area or such different beliefs in this important area. Like, and there's no like wiggle room, you know what I mean? Then I think that's where you really do have to be willing to draw a line in the sand. But if it's just some of these silly things that we can get so caught up in. Like having brown eyes or blue eyes or blonde or however tall, like, oh my gosh, let those things go. Or if he has a certain like struggle that you're just like, I just hate that you're, you know, struggling with money or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, you want someone who's financially responsible, but how much are they struggling? Are you almost holding them to a standard of perfection? Just remember, like, give a little grace. At least give him a chance to get to know him. He doesn't feel perfect, and you also don't have to marry him. (laughs) After three dates, just be intentional, you know. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I think, like, some of the ways that we know what our non-negotiables are is by knowing ourselves. And so that's exactly why it's so important to make sure that we are filling our lives Mm -hmm. up with really good things, Mm -hmm. like really good friendships, really good community, Mm -hmm. um, a job we love, or some sort of, you know, passion we Mm -hmm. have, or Mm -hmm. a way we're working to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Like, the things that are, those things are the things that are fulfilling to us. Mm -hmm. A guy can never fulfill us completely. Like, that's like trying to fill up on Twinkies. Like, you're going to feel sick, and you're not going to make, like, you're not going to feel good. sick. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Not going to feel good. Um, and so I think it's, you know, really like taking the time to, to live this season well, mm-hmm. to be the best version of ourselves, which of course we're never going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but just growing and working yeah. through some of your stuff. And um, I think that that's like the very best thing we can do because that keeps us from feeling like we're going on a date, needing this person to fulfill every part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us a really clear lens to, mm-hmm. to see who this person is and see, is this person going to be right for me because we're not starving as we show up to the date. One of the things I think makes our date so much better is when we can really bring something to the table. Mm. And I think a lot of times we're focusing so much on how we want to be in a relationship or want to be married that we're not really cultivating a life that we're talking about. Right. (laughs) Like, what do you talk about on a date? You need to have some funny stories. Mm -hmm. And so you have to live some funny stories or you need to have some best friends so that you can tell him about your best friends and introduce him to them. Mm -hmm. And like, you need to have some things that you care about. It's whatever you're like, you 
you would want those in a guy. When you're mm-hmm. meeting him, you're like, man, this guy has nothing to say other than like, I want to be married. You'd be like, ah, mayday, creepy. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you want someone who has something to bring to the table. And so I think that when we can really focus on filling up our lives in a really good way, um, we have so much more to bring to the table. We're able to see what's happening at the table so much better and so much more mm-hmm. clearly. We're able to make more like healthier decisions. Um, and when we're living a really full life, that's usually how we meet really great guys anyway, because they're living really full lives. Yeah. So don't so show good. up hungry or eat before you come. Yeah, that's great. That's so good. Okay, so I know you said you had four tips for us. So what is your last tip? So the last one is practice, practice, practice. Mm. With anything, if we do it once a year, it's mm. going to be so awkward every time we do it. Think about like any skill you're learning. If you play, I play tennis like once a year and I'm like, okay. I always say I have a lot of potential, Um, but I'm not good because I'm not practicing. I'm not getting better. It's not getting easier. And Mm -hmm. dating is exactly like that. Like when we are dating and we're, we're putting ourselves out there and we're talking to guys that we like, and we're just having conversations with guys in general, we're going to feel so much more comfortable. And there's so many other great things that come from dating as well. Like if, if you go out with people, even if they're not someone you end up with, the way that you will know when you met someone you could end up with is because you've seen all the people you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, every time you go on a date or every time you date someone and it doesn't work out, that gives you information of like, okay, this is a non-negotiable for me. That's where all my non-negotiables came from was past boyfriends where I was like, I really liked you, but this, because mm-hmm. of this, this didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I knew more of what I was looking for. I think that's really good. I think sometimes we think, oh, I just have to, you know, marry the first guy I date or whatever, like we had mentioned. But really, you know, as long as you're not just giving your heart away, I think there's really a lot of wisdom in guarding your heart um, and knowing, you know, you don't have to have this like cement wall up, but, you know, you can let conversation happen and be natural. But that's only going to become more natural with a little bit of refining the skill. If the first guy you met was the guy you married, like, good for you. That's great. I mean, you win. You win, girlfriend. But that's not everyone's story. And so, but I do don't think we have to be afraid of remembering that dating takes conversational skills, communication skills, and dating itself is kind of a skill. It's something you have to learn. It's interpersonal skills. And that and it's, doesn't... that's good practice. Yeah. yeah. For like friendships or interviews or like you're just getting more comfortable talking about yourself and sharing right. your story and being in front of people. And it, dating is like, it really is. It's a skill and it's something that's, it grows you as a person. You learn more about yourself. You learn more, more about what you're looking for. You get better at talking to people. And um, I, I think that, you know, I love what you said about guarding your heart. I think that's really important. But I think that we've taken it one step too far and that we're like I'm not going on a date unless I know this is my person Mm. but really like I don't know how I I think it happens like one in a million how do you know if this is your person if you don't even know like what their middle name is you know that's so true that's so true and dating's how you figure that out and dating is great practice for like going on dates is great practice for being in a relationship and being a relationship is a is great practice for marriage the whole thing like Mm -hmm. there's just benefits to doing the thing and putting yourself out there and trying and yeah failing and trying again yeah I think I always say like awesome things can come from awkwardness oh I love that and I think we fail to believe that we think awkwardness is the end of the road. And it's like, no, that actually creates space. And if we're willing to push through it a bit and be willing to face it a little bit, because it's really not the end of the world, then maybe something really awesome could come from it. And that awesome thing could be the guy you end up with or your person, or 
It could just be a lot more wisdom of who's not your person. Yes. You don't lose either way. No, you don't. And sometimes (laughs) you get a really funny story. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of funny stories, I want to add one bonus tip. Are you okay with that? Bonus tip. Let's go. Okay. So in the beginning of the episode, we talked about our embarrassing stories or just the the moments that were kind of awkward that we tried too hard or we just felt super uncomfortable. And I probably could tell you 10 more. But (laughs) um, going back to that story about wearing that super tiny, tight blue dress that shine, like it literally reflected in the light. So that was me. Um, Anyways, my point is that, you know, I want to encourage you. I didn't choose that dress because it made me feel confident. I mean, I thought it made me feel confident, but it actually made me feel much more uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it was more like I was compensating for like a lack of confidence that I really had. And beyond that, um, I also really wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And so my biggest piece of advice, I guess, just to kind of finish out and it just kind of popped in my head is to really evaluate is what you're, whether it's what you're wearing or what you're portraying or what you're sharing or doing, are you doing it because it's true to who you are or because you're trying to prove something or live up to some, I guess, perceived expectation that you think he might have of you or that you think others might have of you? Whether that's in dating or really anything else, but I guess on the subject of dating, really make sure that you're showing up as your whole self. Like like Stephanie mentioned, you know, fill your fill yourself up with, you know, a life that's worth telling a story about. Oh, <laughs> Live a that. life that's worth writing a story about, telling about, talking about over dinner. That makes you interesting. But beyond that, also live every day true to yourself because yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up blue and reflective and everyone's going to struggle, you know? (laughs) So, you know, just remember, just evaluate. And I think that's something that if I could go back to, you know, 18, 17-year-old me who was wearing this crazy dress, would just be to look you in the eye and be like, is what you're doing truly because you're comfortable and you're confident and it's – even if it's not, you know, the most glamorous thing – or are you doing it because you're out to prove something? And yeah. I think if you're being untrue to yourself, you're always going to feel uncomfortable on dates, even if you, you know, come prepared with questions and do all the things because you're going to be making sure that you don't flash anybody and that, <laughs> <laughs> and that you know, your bum doesn't show because you're pulling on both ends and you're more focused on just trying to barely stay fitting inside this mold, you know, just like eating a cliff Bar or coming, you know, without feeling like you're starving was a great visual. I think in the same way, we can begin to clothe ourselves with these, this image we want to portray or this, I'm charming and funny and this and that. Well, maybe you're not that funny of a person, but maybe you're really intelligent and you're really interesting to talk to. Don't feel like you have to be all things to all, you know, to every, like that's just so much pressure. And so in the same way, are you, um, are you wearing a mask? to prove something to someone? Are you wearing something just because you're trying to impress or because you're truly being authentic? I think if you can really take inventory of the choices that you're making, even when it comes down to things like your clothing, but also the things that you're choosing to talk about or share, it's going to make a big difference in how comfortable you are and in how confident you are. So true. I I love love that. (laughs) Steph, thank you so much for joining us. This was so good. Oh gosh, I loved being here. This is so fun. I love that we get to actually do it in person. Too. I know, this I know. It, and we're going to dinner after yes, this. Like we're like actually hanging out. I think yeah. a lot of times podcast conversations can be on the phone, but we get to do it in person today. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. So thanks for all the wisdom that you had. I think you bring such a practical while equally powerful perspective to the table. And it just makes it like, oh, I can do this. I feel like I could go out and date right now if I needed to. So thank you for your willingness to share. And also give us a little insider peek to some of the info that you teach in your awesome single life course. Oh, thanks, friends. 
before we wrap up, can you tell the listeners where to find you? Because there's so much more you have to offer. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I would love to meet y'all. Um, truly, that's my very favorite part of my job is just getting to connect with women and hear about their lives and be friends. And it's just my favorite thing. Um, so you can find me at stephaniemaywilson.com and it's M-A-Y, not M-A-E. People mess that up sometimes and then you won't be able to find me. Um, so it's stephaniemaywilson.com or I'm on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite place to hang out and all my links for everything are there. Awesome. Um, but I'm at S. May Wilson. And we will link her in the show notes as well. So thanks for being on, friend. Thanks for it. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. Before you go, I want to leave you with one more thing. If you're looking for some faith-based resources on love and relationships, I've got just the thing for you. I wrote a 14-day ebook on love, loneliness, and relationships that has helped tens of thousands of women across the country navigate their most special relationships with God, their guy, and even themselves, all with grace, strength, and faith. Regardless of your relationship status, whether you're single, dating, or married, I know this will help you too. Just go to jordanleedooley.com slash beloved to download it for free right now to your phone or laptop and get ready for an awesome two weeks of wisdom, growth, and confidence in all things love. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.